Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. Conversant brings a different kind of ethics and compliance solution to your organization. These days, business success demands something different, a corporate culture centered on integrity and ethical behavior. Conversant provides your teams with a centralized platform and automated processes that connect your business goals with your ethics and values. The result, a highly strategic program that drives ethics and values to the center of your business. Through the use of the Conversant Ethics Cloud platform, it gives you the choice of what you need according to your compliance program maturity. As your compliance program progresses on its ethical journey, Conversant can meet the needs of your requirements with unified ease of use and all of your ethics compliance data in one place, increasing transparency and efficiency while reducing cost. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 18, Internal Reporting and Triaging Claims. So what happens when the call, email, or tip comes into your office as the compliance practitioner or chief compliance officer? An employee reports suspicious activity somewhere across the globe. That activity might well turn into an FCPA issue for your company. As a CCO or compliance practitioner, it will be up to you to begin the process, which will determine in many instances how the company will respond going forward. This scenario was driven home in an FCPA enforcement action brought by the SEC in July 2015 against the Mead Johnson Nutrition Company. In that case, the company performed two internal investigations into allegations that its Chinese business unit was engaged in conduct which violated the FCPA. Unfortunately, the first investigation, performed in 2011, did not turn up any evidence of FCPA violations. It was not until 2013 when the SEC made an inquiry to the company that it had performed an adequate internal investigation, which uncovered the prior FCPA violations. The 2012 FCPA guidance made clear uh, as has a sh- clear, concise, and short statement about hotlines as any other statement I have seen. It stated, an effective compliance program should include a mechanism for an organization's employees or others to report suspected or actual misconduct or violations of the company's policies on a confidential basis without fear or retaliation. 
The evaluation reinforced this language when it stated under prong seven, or rather asked the following questions under effectiveness of the reporting mechanism. How has the company collected, analyzed, and used the information from its reporting mechanism? How has the company assessed the seriousness of the allegations it has received? Has the company, has the compliance function had full access to reporting and investigative information? But more than simply hotlines, companies have to make real efforts to listen to employees. You must spend time working on this issue. You'll need to have managers who are trained on how to handle employee concerns. They must be incentivized to take on the compliance responsibility. And you must devote communication resources to reinforcing the company's culture and values to create an environment and expectation that managers will uh, meet or raise employee concerns to the appropriate level. The reason is that a company's own employees are often the best source of information about what is going on inside the company. It certainly is a best practice for a company to listen to its own employees, particularly to help improve processes and procedures. But more than listening to employees, a company should provide a safe and secure route for employees to escalate these concerns. This is the underlying rationale behind the anonymous reporting system within any organization. Both the U.S. Sentencing Guidelines and the OECD Good Practices list this as one of their components uh, of a best practice compliance program. Of course, Dodd-Frank whistleblowers also give heed to the implementation of a hotline. In the area of internal company investigations, if your employees do not believe that an investigation is fair and impartial, then it is not fair and impartial. Furthermore, those involved must have confidence that any internal investigation is treated seriously and objectively. One of the key reasons is employees will go outside of a company's internal hotline process is because they do not believe the process will be fair. Next, triaging claims. Given the number of ways information about violations or potential violations can be communicated to government regulators. Having a robust triage system is an important way for the company to separate the wheat from the chaff and bring the right resources to bear on a compliance problem. One of the things that is most important in making this initial determination of whether to bring in outside counsel and head up or to head up the investigation internally. It's also important in a determination of resources that you may want or need to commit to a potential problem. You literally need to kick the tires of any allegation or information so that you know the circumstances in front of you before you make the decision to go forward. Jonathan Marks, a partner in Markham LLP, has articulated a five-step triage process which allows for not only an early assessment of allegations, but also a manner to think through the investigative approach. Marks cautions that you must have an experienced investigator or other seasoned professional making these determinations, if not a more well-rounded group or committee. Next, what types of evidence will you need to consider going forward? Finally, before seeking a triage solution, you should understand what tools are available. Mark's five-step process includes stage one, <clears throat> allegations which have a low threat, low-level threat, and do not suggest a breakdown of internal controls. Tips that get grouped into this stage do not have a financial or reputational impact. Stage two, these are allegations that are more serious in nature and often indicate some deficiency in the design of internal controls. Examples include business rules violations such as recurring employee theft or patterns of falsifying exp expense reports. Stage three, these allegations are serious in nature and generally involve an override of internal controls and thus are at a minimum of a serious deficiency. 
but they only have a minimal financial impact or rather minimal impact on financial statements or the company's reputation. More serious allegations in this category include fraud, embezzlement, and bribery involving employees or mid-level management. Stage four. These are serious allegations that could have an impact on the completeness and accuracy of audited financial statements, and it could indicate a material weakness in in internal controls. They do not appear to involve any members of senior management. And finally, stage five, these are serious allegations that involve one or more members of senior management or are serious enough to damage a company's reputation. The receipt of allegations in this stage usually place the company into a financial management crisis mode and can result in the restatement of audited financial statements or other regulatory scrutiny. Finally, after you ascertain you have an effective reporting mechanism through your hotline and demonstrate you have a robust and properly scoped investigation, you must use that information to remediate any issue which may arise. In an interview, former DOJ Compliance Counsel Wei Chen said, don't just tell us that you have a hotline. Show us that you know it's working and how you're going to use that information going forward. When you say you have a great compliance portal, don't just show us screenshots of it. Show us the hit rates and how you use that data to help refine how you communicate with your audience. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one, the DOJ and SEC put special emphasis on internal reporting lines. And of course, under Dodd-Frank, the SEC uh, has its own internal reporting line, i.e. the whistleblower bounty program. Two, Test your hotline on a regular basis to make sure it's working. How do you know that a call from uh, East Asia makes it through to the hotline? You only know that by testing it and test it for all of your countries. And finally, have an investigation protocol in place before the call comes in so you'll be ready to go and not have to not be required to scramble to create an investigative protocol. This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 18 in 31 days to a more effective compliance program. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 19, where I take up the issue of the investigative protocol. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow and indeed for the entire 31 days in January while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.